said, we've been going through um, and, and just looking into some parables that Jesus has, has spoken through his word. And, and just parables basically are, are um, stories, and, and Jesus loved to tell stories, and they had a heavenly meaning, but at the same time, they, they were earthly stories that people could relate to. And so sometimes we can't relate to them today because they talk about farming and they talk about things that we probably don't do because we just go to the grocery store and there's the milk right there, right? But uh, so Jesus spoke in these parables, and, and it was to, in order for people to understand more what his story was about. And today we're going to look into a chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 13. And uh, in this chapter, there are, within this chapter, there are six, uh, six parables. And, and that just tells me one thing, that one, Jesus loves to talk in parables. He loves to tell stories. And, and two, you know what? All these parables, they have one theme in common, and that theme was the kingdom of heaven. And so if Jesus had to repeat himself not just one time, not just two times, not three, but six times, and bringing about that theme, the kingdom of heaven, you know what? That tells me that the kingdom of heaven was important to Jesus. And if it's important to Jesus, then I believe it should be important to us here today. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 13. Um, but before we go, let's just uh, have a time in prayer and uh, ask God to be here with us today. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, and, and we just ask that you may enlighten us, Lord, uh, through your parables, through your words, Lord God. Give us uh, just a, a clear picture of what the kingdom of heaven looks like or, or is like, Father. So be with me as I speak, Lord God, your message, uh, and be with these people, Lord God, as they receive this word. In your name, amen. All right. Before I even set up anything, I need to make this point clear. That any kingdom requires a king. So let's just set that foundation. That a kingdom requires a king. And so for us, we probably don't understand what that is because we don't have a king here in, in, in the United States of America. But we do have a, a president. And so... Our president is likened to a king, all right? And, and so a kingdom requires a king. So the, the work of a president, whether it's the decisions he makes, uh, the respect he deserves, or the authority that he has is likened to that of a king. I remember when I was in like fourth grade, uh, we had to write a paragraph. And I don't know about you, I wasn't an overachiever in school, all right? I just did the minimum, bare minimum just to get by. When the teacher told me write a paragraph, I would write hash marks on the side of my paper. And once I get to that half page line, then I'm done. That was my paragraph, all right? So teacher tells us, hey, you guys have to write a paragraph about why you, would, why you want to be the president of the United States of America. And so <clears throat> I remember this clearly because at, at the, when I finished writing it, my teacher told me to rewrite it because this, this was gonna be posted on the wall for our, our, our parent-teacher meeting that we had. So I remember vividly that she told me to rewrite this because my paragraph of why I wanted to be the president of the United States went something like this. It says this, um, I want to be president of the United States because I want to travel across the country and I also want to eat jelly-filled donuts. I like jelly-filled donuts because they are dot, 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 dot. And I talked about the rest of the paper just about jelly-filled donuts and how much I love jelly-filled donuts. Because to an innocent fourth grader, 
I thought that's all the president did, right? Just go travel around the country and eat jelly-filled donuts, all right? So obviously, that is not what the president does, all right? So, so as we speak about this kingdom of heaven, we have to acknowledge this, that God is king, that God is king of everything. And, and, and I, I tried to picture this, that if President Barack Obama just came through these doors, come on out, President. No, I'm just kidding. If, if President Barack Obama just came through these doors, like, whether you agree with him, whether you don't, whether you like him, whether you don't, you have to know this, that he deserves respect. He deserves honor. And if we would do that for a man, how much more should we do that for God, who is our king, who is our savior, who is our father? So I just want to set that part up, that every kingdom requires a king. So as we look into this chapter, we we see that um, Jesus speaks into these parables, and he mentions the, the kingdom of heaven six times in these parables. And he's not trying to define the kingdom of heaven. Uh, he's not trying to describe the kingdom of heaven of how it looks like this and that or, or define the location of it. No, he, he, he doesn't. And I'm not going to try to do that either because Jesus didn't do it. I'm not going to do it. So the kingdom of heaven, he, he likens it. He, he says the kingdom is, of heaven is like. So, so he, he mentions that the kingdom of heaven is like a seed. And in one portion, he even says, a, what type of seed, a specific seed? He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which is small. But when it grows, when it flourishes, it's this, it's this plant that provides something for, for a farmer, that provides also a, a home for birds. It grows. And then he goes on to say that the kingdom of heaven is like yeast to dough. And if you know anything about that combination, you're probably a baker. And since I'm not a baker, I really didn't know what that meant. So I look it up, Google, and basically yeast, what it does to dough is it helps it rise. All right? So it, it, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast to dough, which helps it rise. And then he goes on to say that the kingdom of heaven is like a net that's thrown out to the sea and it catches all, the, all kinds of fish. It says that all kinds of fish. So, so one thing we see right now in just those three parables is this, that the kingdom of God is, is growing. That the kingdom of God is alive. That the kingdom of God is flourishing. That the kingdom of God is expanding. That the kingdom of God is rising. The kingdom of God is growing. The kingdom of heaven. So now let's look at our portion of the scripture, which is in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Matthew 13, verse 44. And I'm going to read it. It's up on the the screen for you guys to follow along. And it says this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So we're just going to park right here for a little bit. And I'm just going to kind of let you guys into my way of thinking or the way I read the scriptures or the way I break down scripture, all right? And, and, and I just take it literally word for word, 
And I try to break it down. And the first part of it is the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. So let's just stop there and let's talk about that. Look, you don't got to be a pirate to understand what treasure means, all right? Treasure is something valuable. Treasure is something of worth, okay? But it says that this treasure was hidden. And when treasure has yet to be discovered, it has no value. It has no worth until it's discovered. So let's understand that, that right now this hidden treasure has no value until it was discovered by this man. This treasure now has value, now has worth. And then we go on, to, and it says, when a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. He sold it. He sold everything he had, and then he bought it. So he, he, he sold all that he had. So you, you got to just understand this, this action right here, this transaction. When I'm selling something, it's coming from me to you. But when I'm buying something, it's coming from you to me. All right? Get that picture. So in his joy, he went and sold all that he had. This man was so joyful, so happy, so excited about the treasure he just found about the treasure that he just discovered. And so in his joy, he went and sold all that he had. We don't know how much he had, how little, or, or if he had a lot. It just says that he sold all that he had. When we talk, and, and, and this is a sacrifice. Selling everything he had, that must have been a huge sacrifice. When we talk about sacrifice, that three-letter word, all, it's hard to accept, right? It's difficult to understand. But I remember um, this preacher talked about sacrifice, and he put it this way. And he said, um, ladies and gentlemen, if I tell you you have to raise up $50,000 in a week, would you be able to do it? And people nodded their heads like, um, yeah, sort of. Um, I don't really have that much money. Or, you know, I'm just a college student, or I'm just in the fifth grade, I don't have a bank account, you know. And then he turned it around and he just said something that, that, that really was so profound. And, and at this time, I'm, I'm just uh, a college student, don't have uh, a girlfriend, a wife, or a kid. And he says this, but let me, let me flip the script a little bit, and let me tell you this. What if your loved one whether it's a child, whether it's your husband, your wife, your mother, your father, comes down with this terminal illness. And now, in order for them, her, him, to get healed, they need to go through some treatment that's going to cost you $50,000. Now that number that was so large and so unattainable, now it becomes attainable, right? Because you would do anything and everything for your son, for your daughter, for your husband, for your wife. That when you look at it that way, sacrificing your time, sacrificing getting two jobs, sacrificing selling everything, now that seems doable. That sacrifice, when it's worth something to you, 
you'll do it. So he says that he sacrificed everything. He sold it all. He sold everything he had to buy this field because he understood that in this field is treasure. In this field is, is value, is worth, is, is, is treasure. And that's what I want. And she sold it all. And then he goes on and says that he bought that field. He bought that field. Hey, this is all the money I have. Boom. I want that field. He understood what the value was. It wasn't just a field, but it was a field that contained treasure. So he sold everything he had and bought this field. The field cost him something. All right? It cost him something. It cost him what? Everything. And this tells me this, that, that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is worth everything. It's worth it all. Husbands. Husbands. Remember when you bought your wife that, that engagement ring? I know we had a few anniversaries this yesterday or a few days ago. But husbands, remember when you bought your wife that engagement ring or that wedding ring? That was a lot of money, right? A lot. But, but, but you know why you, you spent all that money, right? You knew the value of your wife. You, you knew her worth. You knew she was worthy, right? It, it, it wasn't just uh, uh, silver or gold or fat diamond, no. It, 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 there was worth, there was meaning to that ring. Wives, go ahead, look at your ring. That's a nice ring, right? Husbands did a good job. When you look at that ring, don't look at the small diamond, all right? When you look at that ring, just know that you are valuable. You are worth it for him. So much that he went all out of his way. You were worth it. And I know some single people are here staring at me right now. Like, well, that's easy for you to say you're married. Okay, well, single guys. All right? At one point, hopefully, you want to get married too, right? You want it to be worth it. Look, get a job. (laughs) All right? It's going to cost you something. It, it, you you got to save for this, all right? If she's worth it, then she's worth every penny of that ring, all right? Single ladies, holler at No. Single ladies, look, if he loves you, he, he, if he loves you unconditionally, he'll make a commitment to you. Don't worry. You're... The time's not up, all right? If he's willing to sacrifice for you, that means he's committed to you, all right? And if he's willing to work for you, not for you, but you know what I mean, work hard to get that ring or to have a lasting relationship, then you know what? If he's not willing to work, then maybe he's not the one. Have them work. Work for it. All right? Anything of worth is going to cost you something. 
It's going to cost you something. Anything of worth. And as I was reading this verse and I was just kind of studying in my time, I, I realized, I was like, you know what? This verse reminds me so much of another verse in the Bible. And it's a verse that probably you all know. John 3.16, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We all know that verse. We've all said it. That's probably the only verse we memorize, right? But when I saw Matthew 13, verse 44, I quickly just thought about this scripture. God, the almighty king, the father. We're going to dissect this one as well, all right? For God so loved the world. In this world, there are good people, and in this world, there are bad people. It's easy to love good people. I want to hang out with these folks. It's not so easy to love bad people, right? But why does God put that there? I mean, God so loved the world that he loved the good people and he also loved the bad people. And it's because this, that it could just maybe be this, that God loved the world because he saw hidden treasure in each and every one of us, that he saw our value, that he saw our worth. He saw that treasure inside of us. And although sometimes people can't see it because it's hidden, God could see it. He saw the treasure that lies in here. He saw the treasure that lies deep within us. He saw the treasure in the good and in the bad, and sometimes the ugly. So for God to love the world, God saw the hidden treasure in all of us. He saw our worth. He saw our value. Here today, he saw your worth. He saw your value. And it goes on. For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his one and only son. Now this scripture has now just become ten times more powerful now that I have a son. All right? Before it was powerful. Now it's a lot powerful. All right? That he gave up his only son. That's hard to do, no matter what. If you were a parent or, or, or just someone who just had a niece or, niece or nephew, all right? It's hard to, to give up something, especially something that you love so much. So he gave up his only son. Talk about that ultimate sacrifice. That God, our King, our Savior, gave up his one and only son. But God did. He gave his son for us, for the world, for the good, for the bad, for me, for you, for the hidden treasure that lies here today. He gave up his only son. And then it goes on to say that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God believed in us so that we would believe in him one day. Jesus, God's son, bought our freedom on that cross. Our entrance to eternity with God was bought on that cross. And so 
So, so what am I trying to say here today is this. That, that God, our king, literally from the kingdom of heaven, came to earth. And he shows us how to literally bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Just in this scripture, just in this verse. And how do we bring the kingdom of heaven down here to earth? Some kingdom principles that, that God shows us here today is this. Number one, love. Love. Love conquers all. And I know sometimes it's difficult to love people you don't like. It's difficult to sometimes love your spouse. It's difficult sometimes to love your kids because they just run amok. But love. That, that, when, when you love so much, I, I believe that, that that's the greatest example of Jesus that you can show anyone. Number two, give sacrificially. Now, how does this look like? I don't know. Giving of your time, your talents, your efforts, and sometimes even your money. Giving sacrificially. When you know what, I know I'm sowing into not just right now, but I'm sowing into the kingdom. I'm sowing into the future. That today some individuals here today have to start giving more. I mean, what does that look like? I don't know. Some of you guys have nice homes that would like to be opened up for Ohana groups. Some of you are itching to be Ohana group leaders. Individuals here are just like, man... I'm making so much money, I just need to give more. I wish that would be me, all right? But it's not. Giving sacrificially, how does that look like to you? You, and, you deal with that with God. Give above and beyond. Giving sacrificially. When you give sacrificially, you have to understand this. That's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It's going, to, it's going to stretch you a little bit. Give sacrificially. And lastly, believe. I'm going to get the worship team up here. Believe. And, and, and just that, that one word is so profound. To understand this, that, that God believed in us in order for, for us to believe in him. That, that here today... Some of us need to commit our lives and believe in God. That some of us need to recommit our lives and believe in God. Not just in the small things, but in the big things of life. Believe. So some kingdom principles for you. Love. Love one another. Love your neighbors. Jesus example this greater than any other man. Love. It's hard sometimes, but we must all love. Give sacrificially. How does that look like for you? You pray to God and ask him to open your eyes and open your hearts. It's going to cost you something. And believe. Believe. Believe that, that, that God can. Believe that God will. Believe in Jesus to start a lasting relationship with him. So today, I'm just going to ask you all to close your eyes and, 
and reflect on, on, on these principles of how we can bring kingdom, the kingdom of heaven here on earth. What do I have to do as an individual? What do we have to do as a church? Love more. Give more. Believe more.